The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer of the podcast, and we have been doing this podcast for almost six years. We are hoping that with this podcast, we are giving you a message of hope and let you know that help is available if you or someone you know and love is in the depths of some sort of addiction, alcohol, or drugs. Today's episode is episode number 303. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Also subscribe to us on YouTube. And in both places, give us a good rating, because that way when people search for podcasts about addiction, ours comes up. And we like to think we've got some good messages going out there. So if you would do that, that would be awesome. Today, we have an interview with a lady named Cammie Wolf-Rice, and Cammie is a mother, an advocate, an author, and an agent for change. She has personal experience dealing with the dangers of opioid misuse through her own son's battle from childhood through his passing at age 32. Cammie has transferred her pain into purpose. She has made it her mission to raise awareness about the opioid epidemic and alternative pain management strategies. Cammie works with multiple nonprofit organizations, including her own, to create positive change in the community by increasing education about opioid addiction, changing the lives of youth, and giving people the tools to create a brighter future. Cammie raises awareness about the opioid epidemic affecting our nation through her nonprofit, her speaking events, and podcast appearances, like today, journal publications, and now her upcoming book. Without further ado, let's talk to Cammie Wolf-Rice. Cammie Wolf-Rice, that's the whole name, right? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. Thank you so much for being willing to talk to us today and share your story and also your son's story with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I love the opportunity. Anytime I can get a microphone and speak in it. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I appreciate that. And, and I've said this many times on the podcast, you know, so often when a parent goes through what you went through, there is so much guilt and shame that they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to share it. And I think, well, I understand that and I respect it. I think that when someone does share their story like you are, it helps other people as, as tough as it may be to talk about it. It helps someone else. I know that. I know that someone listening will listen to you and go, I know what I need to do. I agree with that. And I also think in it as a part of the grieving process, when you take your pain and you pull it to purpose, I think any kind of purpose, it doesn't have to be starting a charity. It doesn't have to be, it could be anything that gives you purpose in your life is what's the healing secret sauce, in my opinion. I agree. Kemi, can you share, um, what's your son's name? I apologize. I should know. Christopher. 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 Can, can you share Christopher's background and, you know, how he grew up and where you guys lived and kind of how he got into drugs in the first place? Yes, absolutely. Um, Christopher Brett Wolf, and he honestly was super disciplined, an AP student, really smart, very book smart is how I would describe Christopher. And you didn't meet Christopher and go, oh, wow, I met somebody like him because he was so unique. Um, wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And 
that's what his goal was. And then in middle school, eighth grade, he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a colon disease. And for those of you who are, that are listening that don't know about that disease, it's really horrific. You're having diarrhea 15, 18, 20 times a day. And for a middle schooler and then going into high school, I later found out there was tremendous bullying from having to go to the bathroom all the time and humiliation and embarrassment. And once he found out he had ulcerative colitis, um, it just continued to worsen. And so his senior year, um, they said, we got to take it out. There's too much risk of colon cancer. And, you know, you always look back and woulda, coulda, shoulda. There are things I would have done differently for sure. But they removed his large intestine. The whole thing? It was the whole thing. He went home with a bag. Um, and you know, he had complications in the hospital. And so he was in the hospital for 70 days. It was the exact time that Purdue Pharma had released Oxycontin as the wonder drug. And not addictive, only addictive to 1% of the people who take it. I'm saying that with my tongue in my cheek, the mother liars. Yes. Yes. And so we went home with 90 Oxycontins and you know, uh, I didn't ask any questions. I didn't, I, you know, we, we, I think as we have to learn to be health advocates for ourselves because we look at the white coat and just do whatever and no, no questions asked. Doctor prescribed it. It must be okay. Yes. And so I gave it, I gave him to him every four hours followed by another 90 Oxycontins. And so really looking back at the whole road of addiction, it started Right then, right, right out of the hospital. With and the, they started on him on ninety. Right they started him on ninety. Ninety. I, you know, I, I'm not like one of the one of the area one of the places that I got educated in a lot of this about oxycontin was with the the Hulu series Dope Sick, and they talked about how you know there was like individualized dosing, but to start someone on ninety. That just seems a bit excessive. It was very excessive. And, I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Dope Sick. I think that's really, they did such an amazing job. Michael Keaton did such an amazing job. And if you really want to understand how it started and, and the money around it, it's a great show to watch to understand yep. what happened. And, you know, it, it literally hijacks your brain. And, you know, so when I spent all this time with Christopher, because he had, you know, then he had another surgery, you know, to get rid of the bag. It's called a J pouch. Again, back into surgery, again, going home with more Oxycontin. And so, you know, he, he really was a active addict for so long. He ended up graduating college and even going through all the health crisis that he went through. And then finally came to me and, and said, you know, mom, I need help. This is not good. And we had, you know, we were fortunate. We had all the resources in the world and had multiple treatment centers, tried many different things. And he worked it hard every day to stay clean and would feel so guilty when he would relapse. And, you know, and and no one understood that that was part of the disease when you're triggered and how to handle, you know, the stresses and anxieties. And so we go back in the treatment center. It was just, it was literally a gerbil and a you know, on a wheel. Revolving door. Yep. Revolving door. And um, I lost him 2016. And I'm, um, I'm so, so sorry. I'm, I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, you know, I, I felt like, look, 
you know, and I, I don't want this to sound, um, I talk about him passing every day and it, so it's hard, you know, I don't want to sound clinical because believe me, I have my moments when I'm in fetal position and can't breathe um, because there is no worse feeling or hurt than a mother losing a child, period. Um, and I would not wish it on my worst enemy and I don't have enemies, thank God, but I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, it's, it's, it's just been an unbelievable horrific experience. And so I had to take this pain and put purpose and prevention. And I, while there's many treatment centers out there, there's many things to do for recovery. Uh, my focus and my swim lane, so to speak, is prevention. We have to stop it before it starts. And that's why I started a position, a new position in healthcare. I picked one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's working. It's working, you know, and it's called a life care specialist. And so it's everything that Christopher did not have when he was in the hospital and I did not have as his caretaker, you know, just educating people to ask doctors questions, ask your dentist questions, right? Yep. I mean, if you, you if your child has their wisdom teeth pulled, they don't need Percocet. They don't need anything addictive. They need Motrin and ice, you know, and or Tylenol so, or something. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. Yes. Yes. So these are the things that I really try to educate and build awareness around. And I became um, certified with the Trauma Resource Institute with techniques to help with anxiety, stress, and depression. Because I feel like we as human beings in our daily life, we can be just trucking along, everything be fine. And something happened to bump us out of our resiliency zone, right? And we either bump up and we're upset and we're screaming and we're mad or we can bump down and we can be depressed and sad and you need skills so that you don't get stuck there. You don't get stuck up here and you don't yep. get stuck down there. And that's, I think what our country's dealing with, you know, is just so much anxiety and stress and depression. And so that's what the life care specialist does is provide techniques to help with that. I think that's fabulous. And when you were talking before about Christopher and when he was first diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and they took out his large intestine, he was young. He was so young. I'm sorry, that would make me depressed had I been in that position. And so you then get the the double or triple or quadruple whammy of the physical pain and the emotional pain, the trauma, the whole thing. And as you know, from having dealt with it, addiction is, it's physical, it's mental, and it's spiritual. It's all of the above. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When you peel back the onion with anyone that's struggling, there's other issues going on there. There's trauma, there's hurt, there's pain, yep. um, and they're self-medicating to numb themselves, right? And so you really have to give them the tools of other things they can do instead of self-medicating, right? And numbing, yep. because that's a road that it just doesn't get better. Once it hijacks your brain, you gotta have it. You gotta have it, you gotta have it. And it's constantly something you have to fight the rest of your life. And you need that connection. You need that family. I mean, I tell families all the time, you cannot give up on your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Yes, set boundaries. Yes, you know, you gotta do the things that, that you need for support but you don't give up on them because it's a disease. Yep. And they, it's not, you know, so often people think, well, why can't he just stop? No, because it's physically, mentally, spiritually addictive. It's not, it, you know, it, it's 
you know, it's not like eating sugar. I can stop eating sugar, okay? But it's different, and it affects people differently. And anyway, I'm I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm sorry you had to go down that road because of what occurred with Christopher. Um, but I'm, but as you say, you turned pain into purpose, and we've had other parents that do that. And I think that that is. It's, I I just, I can't thank you enough for doing that because a lot of people, I think, go the other way and give into the grief and the the shame and the guilt and just don't do anything about it and keep it hidden. And I think that, you know, when, when someone such as yourself, when you take this on, I think that's huge. And I think the effects that you can create are just boundless, limitless. Yeah, you know, I would like to tap in on what you just said because, um, you know, I I was thinking, well, let me be clear. The first two years after Christopher passed, I was a zombie, okay? I was numb. I hid it from my family, my family, about what happened. Um, I didn't want to say the word overdose. Why? Now, as sick as this and as sad as this sounds, I, I wanted my son to have a respectable death. So not only was I dealing with the death of my son, but a respectable death, because I know how people think about an overdose and how they think about, and my, my son was a beautiful, this, this kid wanted to be a Navy SEAL. He was not some druggie in an alley that people have this perception of a no good loser. And that is not the case. And so I knew I had to I, I was so, I can't explain it except that I have a fire inside of me that how can I get to the masses? How can I get out there to the masses? And that's when I decided to write a book and I, I'm not a writer. And uh, so I got some help and I realized the more raw and the more truthful, the more I stated my truth and it ended up being so much more than just my opioid journey. This book is about challenges in life and feeling guilty about anything. I felt bad bad about a divorce that I had and different failures that I didn't, you know, and I came clean with everything. And to let my life go out there for the masses to see and not worry about looking good, it's helped so many other people for them to share their story. We've got to break the stigma in this country and we have to come together and help each other and stop the madness of having this stigma and thinking bad the parents di- didn't do a good job as a parent. Um, I went through that myself. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. 
or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. But that's really what the book became so much more. You know, there's a lot of words in books and the words that stand out for my book, it's called The Flight. Okay. And I had to use a metaphor of, because the pain is so hard to explain. So I use a metaphor of an airplane as our journey of life. And if you look at the journey of life, right, we all land at different places during our life. You land at happiness and success and sickness and grief. And there's all these different places that we land on our journey. And you've got to keep on flying on that journey. And people that you think are going to be on your flight the entire journey leave. I, I I never dreamed in a million years I would ever lose Christopher. No matter how sick he was, I never thought I would lose my baby. You know, and then new people join your flight. And so um, the book became so much more, honestly. I'm, I'm so proud of the work. And I, I really feel <clears throat> the testimonies I've gotten from other people that have, you know, the they say something, you know what? I started a business after reading your book. And I was like, what? Like that has nothing to do with losing a child. It has nothing to do with the opioid epidemic. Like explain that to me. <laughs> you gave hope. This book gives people hope that no matter what hits you, you can get up and do and move on. And that's huge. That's absolutely huge because you don't know what's going to affect one person and they lose hope, whether it's addiction, whether it's divorce, whether it's getting fired, whether it's losing a parent because the parent's old. You don't know what's going to affect someone and put them in a position of having lost hope. And for your book to give people hope, that's huge. Thank you. I, you know, the other thing that's really fun is, and this happened because of COVID, I didn't know, and we all didn't know, right, what a QR code is at a restaurant. But now if you want to eat, you got to figure it out. Yep. And I was sitting at a breakfast and I was working on my book and I scanned the menu and I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to put QR codes in my book. I'm going to put a library in the back that I can constantly keep updated with information. So you scan the QR code and it takes you to a library, how to talk to your kids, how to find a treatment center, all kinds of resources in the back. And then I did a QR code after each chapter, a video comes up of me and I'm just talking about relapse. I'm talking about grief. I'm talking a little bit further information after each chapter of the story. So oh. it made it kind of a very interactive and I don't know of any other book that's been made that way. I love that. That's huge, Cammy. I mean, that's huge. I hope people know what to do with the QR codes, the camera on your phone. You just that's it. You're like you're going to take a picture and then it sends you someplace. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, yeah. I got my my grandmother to do it, so I'm feeling pretty confident that I can I can you know walk people through it. But it is pretty easy. You just take your phone and put your camera on, and it pops up. Yep, I love that. You also have a nonprofit, don't you, Cammy? What's yes, the I nonprofit? Do. What is that? Tell us about it. So um, again, like I, I really felt like there needed to be more on the prevention side. I think we as a country. Agreed. Uh, if you're looking at anything, any illness, right? We we don't 
really focus on the prevention and we deal with it after we have an issue. Right. And because Christopher went home with those opioids from hospitals, that's where I wanted this new position to be. So we have, it's called a life care specialist. We just finished a clinical trial. It was on clinicaltrial.gov. Serious research. We had a whole research team. We did it at one of the top trauma hospitals in the country, Grady Hospital in Atlanta. Uh, we did it through COVID. Uh, so it was really interesting. Uh, but again, that person there, I mean, if you look at it like this, we use coaches for everything in our society, right? Mm -hmm. We have workout coaches and we have executive coaches and birthing coaches and sleeping coaches. There's every kind of coach. But when you're in a health crisis, no coach. And that's what this person is. So this person is in the hospital. It should be in every hospital across the country. And that is my goal. And I'm not going to be stopped because I know it needs to be in every hospital. And that coach is there if you have to be on opioids, let's say you've had a car accident or whatever, God forbid, you've had a health crisis, your coach is there to say, okay, you're on opioids now. This is how fast you need to taper off. And these are the other things in this toolkit that we're going to talk about to help you with your pain management, help you d deal with your pain management, you know, manage your pain, yep. give you skills to deal with the anxiety, stress, PTSD. Most people in the hospital have all three of those things. Yep. So that, and we also do follow-up when you leave the hospital and we have music therapy. We're constantly looking at innovative ways to deal with pain in a non-narcotic, non-addictive way. That's huge. And so yeah, super it's excited huge. about it. I, I, I just, it's, you know, you, you say it and we, and I nod and I go, yeah, of course, of course, but it didn't exist. Right. You know, I think right. that's huge. I mean, in children's hospitals, they have a child life specialist yeah, and they do similar things, not as much on the opioid training, but they do many things that are similar to this position. But when you get into the hospital and you're 18 and above, <clears throat> there's nobody telling you, you know, I'll just tell you one of the preliminary data points that we have from our study, over 70% of the people didn't even know they were taking an opioid or what an opioid was, right? Yep. So, yep. you know, if you're going home with a big bottle of orange and you don't know, um, so it's just education, awareness, um, the skills that we teach, as I was talking about the techniques that we teach for anxiety and stress and depression, we also are going to be launching a care coach certification for youth, for families. I believe every family should have a care coach certificate certified. So you know what happens because you're going to have a family member eventually be sick at some point and have a health crisis. I think, I think I'm, I'm like digging on that because I'm thinking, you know, you should get CPR training when you have children, when you have a family. So I think you should get care coach certification as well so that you have the tools because, Hey, life happens, you know? Right. And it's right. not always, it's not all roses and rainbows. Yeah. So I'm taking this care coach certification and we have partnered with Mercer University and Emory University and Grady Hospital. And so once I launch it, families will be able to go online and get their care coach certification and learn. And it'll get a, certif cert a certificate from an actual university, but it's licensed by CWC. It is our care coach certification. I love it. So if people wanted to find out more about that, how do they do that? 
So our website is CWC, that stands for Christopher Wolf Crusade, cwc.ngo, N-G-O. And um, if you go to, you can leave us an email. We haven't launched the Care Coach certification yet. Okay. Uh, we, we do have the life care specialists in hospitals. We're actually, we just received a $1 million grant. We're going to be rolling out life care specialists in rural Georgia and looking at this as the solution for rural communities across the country that don't have access to the proper health care to have that, again, that care coach to help them through. I love it. We're super excited. Super I, I can. On. I'm excited. I think it's such an. Um, it's just such a huge omitted, you know, in our healthcare system. It just is, and I think I can just see so many applications to it. You know, we talk to a lot of former addicts on this podcast, and there's the whole. Many of them have found kind of solutions for, you know, care to remain sober, but this is along those lines as well, that people need, they need help sometimes just in key, in staying sober, do you know, and avoiding further relapse. And I think that this subject, not just for healthcare, but also is, is really going to help with those people as well. Absolutely. And you know, every, every interview, I try to add this and I, I thank you again for the time because there's so much I have so much in here that I want to get out, you know, and, and I, I've been speaking at schools because if you look at it's it's absolutely our country is under a chemical warfare attack, period. Yeah. And it's not being talked about. And fentanyl is killing our kids. And, you know, the conversation I had at this high school is I said, look, you know, let's be real with the kids. First of all, people have been experimenting with drugs for hundreds of years. There's been drugs, right? The difference today is that the drugs are poisoned. There is fentanyl in Adderall, in Oxycontin, in Xanax. Yep. I mean, it's in every street drug and it's yep. like playing Russian roulette. Yep. And so if you're a parent listening, you should have Narcan in your home. And if you don't want to have Narcan, you say, my son wouldn't do it. My daughter wouldn't do it. Well, maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's your son's friend. But I can tell you the cadets that were on spring break, West Point cadets, and they overdosed and there was fentanyl. And I guarantee you their parents didn't think that their kids would be doing that as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's not it's my a kid. Curiosity, right? Yep. And and it's a different world today. We there is no you cannot experiment. Fentanyl is in everything and it's killing our kids. And I mean young, 13, 14. I mean, I I went to Washington DC and had a meeting with the DEA. I walked into a ballroom with over 250 parents that had lost their children. You want to talk about grueling pain <sighs> and sat next to a mom. She had a slumber party for her kid, 14 years old, never had any problems with her kid. They were on Snapchat. All the kids were in the basement on Snapchat. Somebody reached out to them on Snapchat, said, you can take these sweet tarts. It will make you dance, sing, laugh all night. You will not be able to stop laughing. They delivered it to the house. This mama went downstairs in her basement and every child that was at that sleeping at that slumber party was dead. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, uh, These unbelievable. are unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I don't know how she ever will heal from that. Right. I mean, my God, I mean, um, bad enough. Um, it's her own child, but the other children as well. It's like, <sighs> wow. And it was delivered off the black web to her home. Yep. 
So you've you got to have conversations. You have to have real conversations um, because this is serious. It is yeah. really bad. <laughs> yes, um, it and, is. And, you know, I'm not being a fear monger. It's the truth. I mean, no, I can it, show you. It's the truth. I, I, t- I, I took a picture off of Facebook and it looks exactly like a bunch of sweet tarts. A young child would look at that and think those are sweet tarts. I've had them before. They're going to be okay. And they're not sweet tarts. I have a mama that, uh, you know, the, the best thing the DEA did for us is it connected all the mothers that had lost children. And we're now we're like an army and it's the most amazing experience because we all love each other and I don't even know them hardly at all, but I know what they've, I know what their heart has been hit on. And each mom is doing something different in some small, some big, some, you know, just joining together as an army. But one mother does billboards and it's 150 kids collaged on one billboard to bring awareness. And she fills them every week. That's how fast. Oh my and God. ages 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, young kids. Wow. One pill can kill. So I, I really, I always want to talk about that a little bit just because if you're listening, you should own Narcan. You should get it, <laughs> period. You should have it. Yep. Yep. Kemi, thank you. Thank you for talking to us today. Thank you for everything you're doing. You're saving lives. You may not know about all the lives that you save, but you are saving lives. And that's huge. Thank you. If I could just make one more note. So my book is at Amazon. I also want to say all proceeds go to the charity. I'm not taking one dime of profit. It all goes to the charity. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. It's called The Flight. My Opioid Journey by Cami Wolf-Rice. And um, if you do buy the book, I would love for you to write a review. I really need support. I need support out there so that we can get to the masses. And like I said, every penny goes to the charity. So thank you so much. And you're welcome. And I'm going to put up the cover of your book. And I will, um, yep, and I will also put up your website about the um, the training, the Care Coach Certification. So thank you again, Cami. I Really, bless you. Thank you for listening today. We sincerely hope that you have a wonderful holiday and that if you need help, that you do it right away. And if you have a loved one who needs treatment, please get them into treatment right away. You should uh, check out Cami's book, The Flight, available on Amazon, The Flight by Cami Wolf-Rice. And also stay tuned for their... um, care coach certification, which will be available at their website. It's not there yet. CWC.NGO. We'll be back again next week with another interview. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.